Hello and welcome to Baseball for You. I'm Perry and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Bill. Bill, uh, we're excited on this to go on, on this little project we've created here. Uh, talking baseball every single day of the season, including uh, today, which is the day before opening day. And uh, Bill, I know you're a big Orioles fan, but uh, tell me a little bit about, about yourself as we, as we get going on this, in this venture. Um, I just, I love sports. I love baseball and hockey, especially. So like, I'm a person that if, if my life ever had to involve, you know, okay, I've got to watch a baseball game today. And it's, you know, this what seven months out of the year that we have baseball. Great. That's awesome. So like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking baseball with you throughout the last next six months and talking fantasy, talking baseball in general, talking players we like talking, stuff that we just really enjoy from a game that we love. So pretty excited for that. And the plan, exactly, Bill, the plan for the season is to give you a half hour of baseball talk every day, uh, mixing a little bit of fantasy baseball talk, but mostly talking about stories we like, interesting uh, tidbits that go on through the season. And it's one of the great things about baseball. I think what we missed for a lot of last summer, right, was the fact that there wasn't baseball every day, for especially for the early part of what we – we'll consider, you know, part of the 2020 pandemic or kind of continuation of Bill was like for the early part of the season until July, we did not have that part of our lives that we've had for our our entire life, really. I mean, the strike short in 94 was the end of the year, but we still have other things going on. Baseball really in the summer is your kind of passport to the rest of what's going on. Yeah. It's usually, especially once the playoffs are done in the other sports in May, like it's your sport. And then like, if I remember right, I mean, the whole pandemic is somewhat of a blur and, and there's many parts we want to forget about it, but it wasn't until even like maybe June or like late May or June where we actually realized, okay, they are going to actually be able to pull this thing off and like actually have a shortened season. So like, I mean, there was even trepidation, you know, last April and May, we're like, we're going to miss a whole year of baseball and this is, you know, it's going to stink, but um, yeah, it was, it was even that little, you know, short burst with something. And now I think that's even more wet our whistle now for, you know, coming back at this thing for 162 games. And of course, yeah, exactly. And of course the Dodgers winning, uh, the shortened season, the world series, which they played, you know, the postseason was all in bubbles in Texas and California. Um, being able to get that season finished was a, a chore. I mean, you even had, uh, what Justin Turner getting tested positive for COVID <laughs> after the game or during the in, game in he, the game. Yeah. <laughs> and he finished the game and went back out to celebrate with his team. I mean, this whole, this country has handled this thing horribly. Uh, I think we can kind of agree on uh, in general, yes. but we're, we're getting, we're getting through it. And I think that's the most important thing is we're moving on or things are coming back. Like, you know, the, the major sports that, that we, that keep us entertained really. And this is a cathartic type of, activity yeah this sport and i mean it is interesting too because really baseball was the first sport that really showed that like you would not in a bubble and you could travel to other places and play and like you know there was some moments certainly i mean heck the marlins were the prime example of that early on but like i think the cardinals might have been too if i remember right but like yep you know there were there were instances where like it happened, but like, it's again, it's just exciting. And part of what's going to be fun for me, even like you mentioned earlier about who we are and whatnot as an Orioles fan, I uh, have tended to have to go toward other outlets and teams and players or things to root for because the hope is a, a little bit dashing, although we all believe in Mike Elias right now as Orioles fans, but 
um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's really exciting. And, and it's like, it is like kind of like a, you know, Christmas Eve situation here for us as baseball fans. We're like, you know, we're going to wake up tomorrow and realize that for the next six, seven months, we've got a baseball game pretty much every night. And excited for that. And, uh, you know, Bill and I, we're going to give you uh, our predictions uh, for some, how we think teams are going to finish at the end of the year. It'll probably be completely debunked by the all-star break. Uh, but it's still fun to do. And I've never actually done this in, in, in the sense of, you know, recording it either written or spoken anywhere. So I think it's gonna be kind of fun exercise. Let's Bill, let's jump into that. Uh, the meat of this, uh, today's episode is going to be what, who we think is going to do what, uh, I also have my AL and NL MVP Cy Young and rookie of the year. If Bill hasn't completed that already, he can just wing it. Cause Hell yeah. what, who's, who else is going to know any better? And uh, we can kind of break down the divisions as well as we go through things here um, and teams we like. So let's, let's start with the AL East. Uh, we'll go through the, the, the boring way, AL, AL to NL, uh, East to West. And then uh, we'll do a postseason, not postseason awards, but season awards sure. at the end of that. And, you know, so we'll talk about the AL East. Um, it generally has been a very competitive division. Uh, your Orioles are in that division, Bill, but uh, – Let's jump right to the who we think is going to win the division, and we'll talk about everybody else aside from that. So Bill, who do you think is going to win the AL East this year? And only one brief thing I'll get in before that, too, is similarly sure. maybe echoing your own thoughts, too, is like I'm with you on that whole – I don't like making predictions necessarily. Like, And I even like – I'm a little turned off because like the people who have to get paid to make predictions, like the ESPN guys and all those other guys, like they kind of have to for their job, but like, sure. You know, the point of it is just, heck, you know, we can think what we think, but that's the beauty of this. We'll show you what we think. We'll tell you what we think. We'll be wrong and we're happy to be wrong or we're happy to be right. We just, you know, that's the fun of it. But I, I, in the East, like it is fascinating because, you know, the freaking world series runner ups, you know, are in the AL East in Tampa. Um, But I really think that, um, it's, it's, I think it's the Yankees division to lose. Um, there was a good article in the New York post, which I still haven't finished yet, but Joel Sherman wrote something up today where he was sort of, he had watched the 96, uh, season opener with the Indians and the Yankees and the Indians had that team with Lofton and Albert Bell and Bayerga and all those guys. And, yeah. And all the, yeah. And they had a lot of success but they never won a world series. Like they just kept, they, they averaged like six runs a game. He pointed out, they, you know, did all those things. They were two outs away from beating the Marlins. Couldn't beat the Marlins. Um, But he compared that Indians era to where the Yankees are at. Now the Yankees score tons of runs, um, but they've never been able to get over the hump, you know, in the postseason. And I really think at least that they have so much offense in that lineup that like, I really think that, I think that the Rays are always, you can never count the Rays out because of the way that they work their magic down there. But like, I don't know that anybody has dominant pitching like straight all the way up and down in that division. And I think that the Yankees are just a little bit better off than the Blue Jays. I think that you got to watch out for the Blue Jays too. But you know, when you have a lineup like the Yankees have, like I really have to think that they're going to probably be in the mix at the end. I agree to a certain extent. I have, picked Tampa Bay to win the East. Uh, a lot of these picks you're going to find are uh, teams I find interesting more than maybe necessarily the outright favorites each time, but I think that's part of the fun of, of why we're doing this. And I, I, and I don't, you know, I don't disagree with you picking the Yankees. <laughs> I, that's a solid pick. Uh, I do have question marks about their pitching. 
outside of Garrett Cole. And I think uh, that's where I think Tampa, here's my reasoning for Tampa, by the way, sure. I, I might as well jump into that. Uh, I think that they don't, the fact that they don't rely on, you know, uh, a, 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 a judge or, um, you know, an individual, uh, a Stanton, Glaber uh, mm-hmm. Torres. I mean, star-studded offense, right? Different guys I, I, contribute. I think Gary Sanchez comes back and has a better year than he's had the last few years as well. LeMahieu's a terrific leadoff hitter, one of the best contact guys, mm-hmm. uh, and hits for power in baseball. I mean, that you're, there's nothing to argue that that's not the best lineup when healthy, I think, in the American League, if not baseball. Yeah. Uh, I just have too many questions about their pitching. I think what Tampa does, and we saw it last year, was they're they're prepared for any kind of you know baseball disaster. It seems like yes. they can have guys go down before the season, during the season. They just reach back into their their system and pull out a guy who throws ninety seven, and there's no problem. I mean, some of the guys that were pitching in the World Series I'd never heard of, and I follow baseball as closely as, as seemingly anyone. Oh, I mean the Pete Fairbanks of the world and all these guys that just show up. Yeah, and they're just right. like throwing gas out of the pen you're right and now i will say though like they have had a lot of adversity um you know they lose and they just lose um uh, gosh um the really good reliever anderson you know going down like anderson, right, right before the season hurts yep. snell snell is gone um yep. you know they do lose some pieces but like um and, and it's fascinating though because it's not just the people they bring up from the organization you know, they're going to be giving flyers right now to like Michael Waka, you know, is in the bullpen. Like, oh, yeah, I remember Michael Waka. He's going to pitch. Rich Hill is going to pitch for them. They go and get Chris Archer back. Like, you know, of course, anything that goes to Pittsburgh, like, loses all its luster and then it goes somewhere else. It's good again. So it's going to be fascinating. That's to me one of the fascinating things about Tampa this year is, you know, you're right. Like, you know, Yankees, I mean, the Blue Jays, like they have Hunjin Ryu and like nothing else in the rotation. Like Stripling's not very good. I mean, no offense to Ross Stripling, you know, they're relying on Steven Matz to be effective. And Steven Matz had like an ERA of like nine, eight for the Mets last year. So you're right. Like, I mean, in terms of who's going to piece all the pitching together, you know, Tampa certainly got that. And, and um, you know, it's, it is going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, it seems like the AL East has built a, a number of solid lineups, including including Toronto's that you mentioned. On the offensive side, they're they're as young and as promising as any. I mean, you look at the way Bo Bichette broke out last year. Uh, well, look, look, look at how great that infield is. It's Simeon, Bichette, Guerrero, and um, Biggio. Like, it's such a fun infield. Goodness. Right. Yeah, a lot of fun there. And they they spent some money, which – We've seen also Chicago White Sox. We'll get to them when we get to the Central. Yeah. They've spent a lot of money. Orioles really haven't. They've seemingly been on this <laughs> rebuild. And no, Bill, I do like what the Orioles are doing. Oh, though, I love they, it. I love it. Yeah. They've gone from a, you know, seemingly a, a, a no-wins type situation as far as their 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 minor league system. And it seems like they're building something. And uh, some of those guys have come up already. Uh, you know, they, they took a chance on Santander in the Rule 5, and he's turned yeah. out to be a real solid player for them. Uh, Mount Castle's going to get a look here, I think, for a full year if he's oh, able yeah. to hit. So you, you're the team, but the, also you got you know retreads like, and I love Freddie Galvis, but he's definitely in the middle to lower tiers of, of middle infielders. They just went and traded Yolmer Sanchez. Uh, they for, just DFA'd him. They DFA'd. I thought they traded yeah. him. Okay, no. well anyway, yeah, uh, he's gone. Uh, so they're just tr- trying basically anybody out. 
at second and third. Michael Franco off the off the scrap heap, who had a really good year for Kansas City last year. But it's just these guys that they're not upper echelon type players. They're just kind of fillers until the rest of the system can kind of fill in around the, the, the studs they have up already. Yeah, they're the new versions of the Renato Nunez's and the Hanser Albertos who've been with them the last year or two. Nunez is now uh, flinging to life in the Tigers system. He didn't even make the team, but he's going to stay with them in minor league camp. And Alberto just made the Royals. So, yeah, it's it's things like that that are, um, you know, that's that's the Orioles' modus operandi. And they're going to probably be in a battle for the seller with the Red Sox, who are still trying to figure things out there, you know, after sort of the purge that they had starting last year. Red Sox have a bit of promise. They brought in uh, Enrique Hernandez, uh, who's a, one of the top utility guys in baseball, and they're going to make him their starting second baseman and looks like leadoff hitter. Yeah. Uh, J.D. Martinez is still one of the best hitters in baseball and has that DH spot to himself. Uh, but they're going to look to youngsters, too. I mean, Franchi Cordero has never put together a full season injury-wise. Got him from San Diego in a trade uh, uh, with the Royals. He came up with San Diego originally, I believe. And then you have Bobby Dahlbeck, who had an yeah. amazing spring. That's going to be fun to watch what he can do. Yeah. And Devers, and, and, a couple – go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm a Verdugo fan. I, I, I really like Verdugo. And obviously, they need Verdugo. Well, I mean, they I don't have to have him produce. But when you trade bets and he's the main guy, you kind of get back. You really want him to do something for you. But, you know, he hit 290, 300, I feel like, last year. And I'm excited to see what he can do with more playing time, too, and another full role. Red Sox have the same problem as Toronto, right? Almost no pitching, probably worse pitching than, than the Blue Jays somehow. It um, is, but but at the, at the same time, like, uh, I mean, prospect-wise, Tanner Hout could be fun. Like, it's going to be interesting to see oh, what for he sure. can do. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's guys like Evaldi, right? And Garrett Richards, um, yeah. you know, just vying for innings really there right now. Yeah, they've kind of pieced together a bullpen too. Uh, Hirokazu uh, Sawamura came over from Japan as a free agent. He's in their pen. Darwin's and Hernandez has had an up and down start to his career, but he's still super young. He's only 24. Yeah. Uh, but that Red Sox team, it, it looks like a team that could maybe turn things around. But again, they're relying on guys like, Martin Perez, Nick Pavetta, Garrett Richards, like yeah. Nathan Navaldi, who has been terrible this spring. I it's, mean, it's the please get us five innings. <laughs> yeah, crew. you're right. Hauk <laughs> looks like he's going to make the opening day roster because of the fact that uh, Rodriguez is hurt. Yeah. Um, so and then, of course, Chris Sale, they're not going to get back to hopefully midseason. Right. Uh, at some point, they're hoping to get Sale back this year. But who knows what you're going to get from a guy like him. Uh, kind of in the same boat as Noah Syndergaard, who I believe is already throwing uh, for the Mets, but we'll hold off on that. So that's it. Anything else in the AL East, Bill? The Red Sox finished last last year. I don't expect them to finish last. I, I do think your Orioles are going to be in the bottom, but I think just because everyone else got got better than the Orioles did. No, I agree. And, and um, you know, it, I mean, Red Sox still have like Xander Bogarts and some guys like that that are, you know, n- nothing against the Orioles, but – their class is a little better than, than Baltimore's top players. So, yeah. And it is fun, too. The, like ever, Almost seemingly everything goes out of Boston, but Matt Barnes is still there. So, <laughs> anchoring down the bullpen, yes. <laughs> One constant is Matt Barnes. Uh, AL Central time. Bill, who do you have winning the Central before I give my very biased opinion on this division? Well, I, I, I know that uh, I, I, for a while, I had been leaning White Sox. Um, I don't know that Eloy Jimenez's injury was enough to get me to go the other direction, but I really think it, again, it comes down to pitching again. 
Um, I, I'm going with your twins. I think the twins are probably the favorite in the division. Um, they have several hitters that I just love. I'm a huge Max Kepler fan. Um, there's like a lot out as this goes on in its iteration of life, this podcast, you know, there's a lot of like my guys, you know, which I'll oh, yeah. you know, get into. I'm, I'm a huge fan of left-handed hitting, uh, corner outfielders that strike out a lot and hit home runs. And Max Kepler <laughs> is a classic example of that mold. Um, so like, you know, you got guys like him, you know, I mean, goodness, though, you can't get much better than Ken Maeda. Like, he was just outstanding. And Barrios is there. I mean, I'm excited to see what maybe a healthy – hopefully Michael Pineda is back and healthy and, you know, in, in shape – or not in shape, but, you know, that he's come back from the right. injury that he had. You know, the whole – the one thing I will say is that I think – the White Sox have a damn good bullpen. Like that bullpen they have is pretty ridiculous in Chicago. And I think it is better than Minnesota's, but you know, you still got to get to it. And I think Minnesota's starting pitching is pretty strong and they'll definitely be scoring a lot of runs. Heck, you know, I mean, Nelly's still their anchor in the middle of your lineup too. And I don't think that guy will ever forget how to hit. So, um, you know, that's where I'm leaning. And I have to think that you're probably in that direction as a twins fan. Yeah, I am. Um, it's a little bit tough to look at your 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 team that you grew up watching uh, under the the same scope as you look at everybody else. Uh, you're obviously a little bit biased. Uh, they they made uh, some interesting moves with their opening day roster, and I think someone made a good point about this. I'm not sure who, but like you 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 can't really take opening day roster as the roster you're going to see all year. It, it <laughs> certainly changes sometimes the next day, right? I mean, you have things that happen. Uh, maybe not the next day, but the, certainly you look at the roster a week later and there's going to be a bunch of different changes, right? Well, I mean, in your case, you've got an Alex Kirilov that's going to be up, you know, in a couple of weeks. So like, or, you know, things like that too. So like, it's right. You're right. Yeah. But, but at the same time, it's who you're running into the year with. So, but you're, you're absolutely right on that point. Anyway, the, 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 the oddity that I saw was that, you know, one of the guys I've been following since, since college is Brent Rooker. Uh, he gets sent down, uh, options to the uh, alternate site slash triple a they keep on kyle garlic with a really good spring he's going to kind of platoon with jake cave and left field that was kind of the question mark one of the question marks into the offseason when they knew where they're going to let eddie rosario go uh who's going to make uh about i think 10 some i think about around 10 million dollars in, in arbitration yeah they let him go he ends up with the indians which is a story for another day another <laughs> podcast but um yeah Twins fans, a lot of them loved Eddie Rosario. He was, you know, he was he was fun to root for. He he was very, uh, you know, dramatic, I guess, and he had a flair for the dramatic too. I'm sure he got a lot of big hits that people remember. Uh, but baseball is a numbers game, and uh, and he just was putting up basically uh, above average to average numbers, especially his, his on base percentage, which was never too far above 300. Uh, so he hit some big home runs, and and he kind of. If you to the to the eye of the common fan, you he's tough to give up, right? Well, well sure, Left. yeah, and I mean, there's a couple other players near and dear to my heart that are in that classic example. Jock Peterson leaving the Dodgers, they you know they don't offer him a deal. He ends up with the Cubs. Kyle Schwarber doesn't get kept by the Cubs in a similar situation. He ends up with the Nationals. So you're right, like it's you know it's that fifth or sixth year, you know, of mm-hmm. you know the final near the end of that arb and 
you know, you got to make tough calls. So you're right. But at the same time, you're right. How much you, do you really want to pay 7 million extra or whatever it was to him when you have Jake cave who can play good defense and, you know, and do some stuff for you there. And when you have Carol off, you know, waiting down the door and if garlic impresses you like he did, then, you know, let's do it. Absolutely. So this is one of the more fun benches in baseball where you, <laughs> you have either Ryan Jeffers or Mitch Garver. They're both, you know, starting level catchers, especially the way Jeffers played last year and the way mm-hmm. Garver played two years ago uh, before he got hurt. You have Luis Arise, who is one of the uh, last contact hitters remaining in all of baseball. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> never strikes out, never walks. Hey, in fact, he does walk. He walks more than he strikes out, but he, he's up there to put the ball in play. And then you have another guy in Williams Astadio. The man. A similar <laughs> contact type hitter, although he walks almost never. Yes. But also strikes out never. And is just, a, he hits into a lot of double plays, ground balls, whatever. But he can play anywhere. He's um, the man. <laughs> he's La Tortuga. Yeah. And he's one of the more fun players to watch. He wears number 64. Uh, and then Garlic, who uh, he, was, he, he was with the, the Dodgers. I think with the Phillies last year, uh, maybe even Atlanta at one point, he was waived a couple of times. I'm not sure he even ever played for the Braves, uh, but he's a right-handed bat. He crushes left-handed pitching, had a great spring. They rewarded him. Uh, I believe he does have an option left, so he could be sent down uh, to St. Paul, which is another fun story for mm-hmm. another pod. We're just doing previews here. I'm thinking of so many fun stories, but we try to wrap this thing up in a, in a reasonable time here. But anyway, yeah. twins are also my pick, Bill. Anything else in Minnesota before we get to talk about the rest of the division briefly? I know we'll now, talk about Chicago a bit too. Yeah, I was going to say, though, you mentioned like contact eyes, and it is ironic, though, that like Araya, as you mentioned, and then like Nick Madrigal of the White Sox is a, you know somewhat of a similar mold in that sense too. You guys, that's going to hit for average. They, the knock on Madrigal for the White Sox is that he's just not going to hit enough power, you know, but like, okay, I hit 315 <laughs> or I hit 320. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's neat to see. And, and I hope Buxton, you know, I hope that he can keep, he hit what, 10 or 11 homers in the, short season last year I hit 13 I, last year and didn't yeah, play you, the whole year yeah. right yeah so you hope that it, that progression can continue because I mean I just root like heck for that guy so I just hope that you know that breakthrough yeah. can maybe keep going you just wanted to stay and, healthy well and uh, I know you can keep going but heck Andrelton Simmons could be a very low-key nice addition like I mean that man still can play defense I have to think maybe not to the elite caliber he had been but like that's that's a low-key, sneaky, nice signing there by Minnesota, I think. Yeah, I saw somewhere he had the, the best defensive war at shortstop um, like th- since the statistic would, had been <laughs> created. Created, right. Yeah. <laughs> love, love Simmons. Great signing there. Ten years. Yeah. And it, ten, I'm sorry, one year, 10 million. <laughs> uh, ten years would be a lot. That'd he was epic. supposed to be yeah. holding that spot for Royce Lewis, who had a season-ending injury. Uh, you know, very tough for a lot of Twins fans, mm-hmm. including myself to see Royce go down. He, we're trying to, you just want him to be able to play a full season in the minors. That's what, you know, as someone who loves prospects, I know you and I both uh, love, and a lot of people do love to see baseball prospects progress and make it to the majors and have success. Uh, it's just hard to see a guy go down like that, especially with the year everyone had last year. It is. And that's, what's kind of ironic too about the white Sox is that when Eloy goes down and you lose Eloy for five or six months, they're going to replace him with their top pick Andrew Vaughn, which go figure. (laughs) So that's kind of the reverse situation where the prospect is actually going to get the playing time as a result of an injury. So that'll be interesting to see what a situation when you have where a team that where you can plug in a hole with, Oh, 
he's the third overall pick. We're just going to let him play left field, you know? So yeah. <laughs> Vaughn was the third overall pick as Bill mentioned in 2019. He was a first baseman at, uh, at Cal. Uh, and uh, they're just going to stick him in left field. I guess that's the word um, with, well, you uh, can't move a break. You put Jose, Abre- you can't yeah. put Abreu in, uh, in the outfield. And looks for now like Zach Collins, who was a backup catcher, but not really defensively. He's going to be the DH there. They did sign Jake Lamb, who recently cut loose by the Braves to be on the bench. I was going to say, I think they made that move for Lamb, knowing they were going to play Vaughn and left. Uh, right now, Fangraphs has the bench as uh, your mean Mercedes, who is a backup catcher, Jake Lamb. Yeah. First base, third base. He looked absolutely awful in spring training. Yeah. I tried to watch as much as I could of him as he. I had him on a fantasy team of mine no longer. Uh, Lurie Garcia could play all over the place. He's been on that team for a while. In fact, ends up starting at some point. And then Billy Hamilton, yeah. uh, non-roster invite, is listed on their roster right now as, a, yeah. I guess, a pinch runner. Adam Engel is also hurt for the White Sox, too. Yes, that's so right. Yeah, so that's another issue there and probably why Billy Hamilton is still listed in the – you know, with a pulse. So this rotation, uh, I see it being anywhere from the best or third in this division. That's why I think how tight this is, Bill. Um, and, and, you know, you can disagree with that or not. Uh, Giolito, Keiko, Lynn, uh, Dylan Cease. We haven't seen a lot from Carlos Rodon uh, also in there. They have some other uh, – someone else is hurt. Um, and I'm blanking on who it is another arm they have i didn't think it was a well they have kopech long relieving so yes okay that's right i think and they're putting him in the bullpen um to start you know, at least yeah and crochet is you know they're using as a middle reliever so like they have hendrix they have bummer they have marshall they have crochet cody hewer's a good arm like they're they're hard their yep. bullpen is ridiculous but um you know i am fascinated rode on it was a fascinating situation with him like he you know, it's a first round pick, you know, third overall, I think with him too, just like Vaughn yep. was. And he just has never totally figured it out. They decided they weren't going to keep him. So they, you know, not R for him, Arb, he's gone. And then all of a sudden like, no, we're going to figure something out. And he comes back for the last year anyway. So, you know, there's been so much potential there and it just has never really quite been harnessed there. So, and well, and the other name too, in that big, in the, you know, the one trade, Reynaldo Lopez is down in AAA. Like he's also not quite ever figured it out in that big trade they had with Washington. So he's going to be sitting in AAA at least to start the year. Third place team in the division. I I guess if it's not the Twins or White Sox, it has to be Cleveland. Uh, They've again, one of the best pitching staffs in the division uh just don't have enough bats they just don't you're right and some guys you think have some upside right obviously jose ramirez had an mvp caliber season last year uh framer reyes has plenty of power but can you know go away just disappear uh from time to time josh naylor hasn't shown it completely he had a great postseason run there he had a couple of big games in the playoffs but you got guys yeah, I've always ahead. been a Jake Bowers fan too, but like, I mean, it's guys that like, you can't rely your whole lineup on like, this is going to be their year. They're going to figure it out. You know, like they right. needed a couple stalwarts there and you know, right. it's yeah. I mean, guys, I didn't, guys, I didn't mention were Ben Gamble, Cesar Hernandez, Jake Bauer, Roberto Perez and Andres uh, Jimenez who showed flashes with the Mets last year. That was the big deal that went down uh, for Lindor. Yep. Uh, but they just didn't get a ton back. I mean, they got some Ahmed Rosario uh, is listed on their bench. He could end up starting at shortstop 
at some point or in center field even yeah uh, for this I mean, team they, they do have flexibility there but it's just yeah great pitching obviously Bieber uh you know I'm a big uh Aaron Savale fan yeah. uh back from his days playing at uh Northeastern um been following his career since then and uh, happy to see he's being successful even if it's against a division uh rival that bullpen is has some solid oh, solid arms including uh, Karinshak who is a, a little bit on the uh on the hot seat as far as being the closer I'm not sure why they don't have a ton of other options Emmanuel Classe throws real hard but hasn't been able to harness that yet uh you got guys like Phil Matone Nick Whitgren who are decent in at the end of ball games some guys they have listed at long relief are going to end up starting. I think Cal Quantrill, uh, Tristan McKenzie had a good rookie season. I think he's still rookie eligible. Yeah, Quant- his- Qu- yeah Quantrill, like, I think was going to be like the fifth guy, but like I had a little bit of a hiccup in the spring. Like he's another yeah. one of those guys they got from San Diego, if I remember. I think it was, I don't yes. think he was in the same deal with Logan Allen. Maybe it was, it was a, a different trade. trade. Yeah, yeah, different yeah. trade. Yeah, okay, but yeah. And then rounding out the division, it's the same suspects, Kansas City and Detroit. Uh, they haven't done a ton to get better, but Detroit at least has some of their young pitching coming up now. Uh, same thing with Kansas City, actually. They, it seems like two to three years down the line, those are going to be two of the better pitching staffs in maybe even in baseball if they put everything together. But that's, there's some major ifs there, right? Not, not well, too many of them have cor- done anything yet. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Singer can do and Keller can do for Kansas City. And like as a fan of prospects, like – you know, Kyle Isbell's going to start the year with Kansas City. You know, you can't sleep on Whit Merrifield. He's a great player. I am really intrigued to see what Ben Benintendi does, you know, there too. So it'd be interesting to see. Right. But you have, you have Bubich, you have Co, uh, Coar, um, and then Stal- the kid just... St- Stallmont is great out of that bullpen. Daniel Lynch, they just drafted Asa Lacey fourth overall. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of pitching to go around. Detroit's uh, arms are actually a little bit older, I think, than than Kansas City's overall. Obviously, Casey Mize is going to start the season in the yeah. rotation. Uh, Scooble is nasty uh, when he gets things together. Uh, who else is Who else do they have coming up? I know they have T- some other guys. Turnbull going on COVID doesn't help. I was excited no. to see that. Yeah, Matt Manning, uh, Bull Burrows, yeah. Alex Fido, even Franklin Perez, who they got way back in 2017 um for the uh with the trade the trade with houston verlander yeah uh, was sent mm-hmm. to to detroit uh perez has never been able to put it together yet but um he's another one of those guys just plenty of arms to go around in those those lower tier teams in the in the division uh let's move along bill maybe we can pick up the pace a little bit here sure See, we ram. We we. Well, there's so much. I blame myself. I know. Yeah, I blame myself. Yeah. Let's move on to the West. We, sure. although those two divisions were the <laughs> two divisions we do talk the most about, at least to know the <laughs> yeah. most about. Uh, who do you have winning the American League West, Bill? So I'm, I'm going with the Astros. Um, I know that the Athletics had a really good year last year, and Matt Chapman came out today and said that this is the best best Athletics team he's been a part of since he got there. But I'm. Um, respectfully disagreeing with him for this podcast but okay i i just i think that you know that lineup again like they did lose springer you know they lost some stuff down there in houston but you still have altuve you still have bregman you still have brantley you still they bring brantley back you know they didn't think they were bringing brantley back he's back kyle tucker is has all the makings of you know 
going nuts this year, you know, Correa, you know, and then, you know, you still have Zach Grinky figuring it out. Lance McCullers is there. Christian Javier is poised for a really breakout year. Losing Framber Valdez is a big blow, you know, for that team. But, right. um, you know, th- I still think that they have enough pitching and, uh, you know, a couple of guys in that bullpen, Presley and Paredes, I think will be pretty solid for them. So it, I, it's, I never, be- I love Oakland. I always am a fan of like them in the postseason. I root for them in the postseason. There's guys I root for, but like, I just never feel confident enough when like, you know, you're trotting, you know, Jed Lowry again out at second base and some of these other guys that are going to be in their lineup. I'm like, uh, you know, I want to think they can do it. And I know they're going to pitch their butts off. I mean, they've got some great pitching in Oakland again, but like, I don't know. I just, I kind of kind of have a feeling that I think it's going to be Houston's division to lose. Well, I did pick the Oakland A's. I have that written down here. Uh, for I mean, I didn't even hear the the Chapman quote, um, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. But I'm happy to hear that because he's I, confident. <laughs> uh, I I nearly picked him for MVP. I, I guess that's a hint that I didn't. But he was he was one of the guys I considered for a potential uh, preseason MVP candidate. You're right. The the Houston lineup is solid. You know, one through six and a half. Jordan Alvarez uh, was a little bit banged up, but he's a monster when he is healthy. Yuli Gurriel. The, the lineup rounds out with Miles Straw and Martin Maldonado, who are two of the lighter hitting uh, players in starting lineups that we've seen so far. Miles Straw, the fascinating potential fantasy guy, and that he could steal you bases, so you always right. have to at least keep an eye on him, yes. <laughs> As the a Oakland shortstop line- eligible player. <laughs> right. And the, the thing about the A's is this is a secretly a very powerful uh like just about anyone in the lineup can take you out of the yard, save maybe Lowry. We don't know exactly know what he's going to bring to the table at all this year because he's 37 years old. Well, it's Jed Lowry, uh, Tony Kemp platoon, man. Yeah. God, that might be the worst <laughs> uh, second base in baseball. And that's including whatever the Orioles are throwing out there. Um, yeah. I mean, Chad Pinder is a great bench bat. He can play anywhere. Uh, that's really all they have going. You mentioned the pitching. Uh, you got to love Bassett. You know, Jesus Lazardo could be up there for rookie of the year. Um, Sean Manaya is a, you know, a long time, uh, a long time fan of his Frankie Montes and looks like they're gonna have Dalton Jeffries in the opening day rotation. Yeah. All but Jeffries. Yeah. I was going to say all but Jeffries trades, you know, they, they're so shrewd with their trades over the years and, and, you know, Rosenthal is a low key, you know, nice addition. He was pretty darn good with Kansas city last year, you know, coming off an of injury and, and, you know, just, like, he got what nine or 10 million I think, out, of, out of his deal too. So yeah, good for him. Yeah. Um, yeah so, but in Deakman's good Sergio Romo just showed wherever the man shows up, he seemingly you'll give you league average to slightly above average bullpen production. So you know, it's, uh, I think they, deep st- do they still have used Mero Petit also, I think. Yes, they do. Still yeah, how that, that man still miles an hour. <laughs> Love that guy. And, and Mark Canna is, I'm a huge Mark Canna fan. I will, I will stand by that guy, whatever he does. So so. Bill loves all of the A's, but he still picks Houston. I love that. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> Bill, uh, maybe my surprise team. I, I don't, I don't know if we've picked a surprise team usually, but my surprise team for the American league is going to be the Seattle Mariners. I know they finished just six games under 500 last year, 
Uh, but I think they're going to have a big year. Uh, I think they have a lot going for them, uh, especially if a guy like uh, Kalenic can come up and start hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, I mean, they have some, a lot of guys just waiting uh, at the, at the door to join the major league club, including him. Uh, but they have some pitchers as well. Well, I mean, heck, James Paxson's their five right now. So, like, there's certainly a lot worse you can do than having him be your fifth starter. So, I mean, they do yeah. have some guys out of the rotation that can throw it. And it's exciting to see what Hanager will do. You know, like, that man's He's missed back. about two yep. years with injury. So, you never know. Uh, as Trout is one of my favorite players, I mean, of all time. So, like, sure. I will stand by that guy till the cows come home. Man, I just uh, – they never get enough pitching for that team. Like, I'm excited to see what they can do hitting again, but it's, uh, it just stinks. Oh, well. It, it does. Uh, quickly you, don't wanna, the- you don't want a former Oriole leading your rotation. It's not good <laughs> advice. You don't want that. <laughs> That's a good point. Although he did have a pretty good year last he, year. Oh, well, because he left the Orioles, right. Yeah. In the shortened season. Yeah, uh, yeah you, you mentioned Hanniger, but you got a lot of good you – know, tweener maybe right-handed bats but type france they're ready to him for it to explode with a, with a full season of being able to play every day finally in the american league we're in dh and not have to worry about yeah you know, that fest the pesky defense you have to play on the other side of the ball where it is in san diego and they got trammel uh, on that trade taylor trammel yep. uh, uh yeah i believe he's uh, going to start in center field trammel <laughs> then you have evan white who they signed to that pre-career kind of long-termy deal that covers uh arbitration and maybe a couple of years of free agency. So they got him for a little cheaper. Uh, JP Crawford, I think is a guy at shortstop. They're just going to hand it to him and he's going to see what he can do. I he might be a little bit surprised some people from the left side of the plate there. I do like yeah. Jose Marmalejos off the bench too. Kyle Lewis getting hurt does, does stink does pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, when you it lose does. the rookie of the year to injury off the bat, that hurts. The pitching rotation, a lot of interesting names in there. <laughs> uh yeah marco gonzalez uh kikuchi who's back for another year chris flexen who came over from the korean league after yeah. he was basically you know cast off by the out. mets yeah, the yeah. mets just said I, I remember when he was with the mets and he yeah couldn't keep that era under six so they said goodbye to him justice sheffield throws extremely hard got him with a trade with the yankees paxton's back and then Justin Dunn, they're running that six-man rotation, which I think we're going to see a number of teams do this year uh, with the with the buildup of innings. And we'll we'll talk about that as the as the year goes on. But teams, uh, you know, want to be a little bit cautious with some of their pitchers, especially especially their younger pitchers, with having to throw a ton of innings, uh, especially off the bat. We're going to see some of that six-man uh, rotation, and maybe some piggybacking off of starts with some longer relievers like a Nick uh, Marchavicious and the like. Uh, let's move on to the National League, Bill. Let's. I know the, the, the Rangers exist too, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they do have some interesting pieces, but we don't have time to talk about them. All right. American League East, who do you have winning, Bill? National League East. National League East. We just did the American League. Yeah. Uh, this was hard for me. I mean, they're always hard, but... Yes, like... this is a tough division. You have, mm, I think, not... Not any of the five, but I, this is the most balanced division of baseball. I agree wholeheartedly there. I'm, I can't believe I'm picking the Mets, but I'm picking the Mets. Um, <laughs> that was a mistake. Yeah, I know. I'm going to win another one. This is good. You are, you are yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I really like that pitching. Like, I mean, I know if Syndergaard especially can come back, DeGrom is good. Stroman is good. David Peterson's good. Taiwan Walker is a nice flyer. Like, 
I mean, I like where that where they're going there, and you know, it's another team where like they're not the Yankees, but like they have a lot of bats in that lineup. I think that are pretty good. I was really thought that Dom Smith really had a heck of a 2020. You know that it, maybe he's finally you know going to be able to manifest the first round pick. You know, luster that comes with his status. You know, James McCann is a low key nice addition catcher wise. I don't know, but I mean the Braves are so good. Like, I don't know, like it's probably the Braves division to lose, but I, I I'm going to give the Mets the benefit of the doubt and pick them to win it. All right. Well, I did pick the Braves. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I like you said with the other example, there's you name some Braves and there's, how can you not love some of those guys on that team? I, I mean, I, I'm actually not a Braves fan going back to 1991, uh, but Fair. I've come around a little bit. I've grown up. Uh, this Mets team to me, Bill, just looks like a, like someone put together a fantasy baseball team and decided that defense didn't matter because wow. this might be one of the worst defensive you know, groupings of, of starting players in the game right now. Other than Lindor, I think they're a minus just about at every position. Uh, you know, That's fair, yes. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're playing Dominic Smith in left field. There's no DH in the National League this year. Right. Um, I just think I just think there, there there's a lot of runs to be lost in the field. Now they could make up for it. They were they, they hit extremely well last year. They pitched incredibly two years ago. And you're right, this pitching staff is rock solid. Uh, I do like Walker. Uh, love Stroman and Degrom. Obviously, Degrom up there uh, for Cy Young. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, but the Braves, uh, I just think they can they can hang pitching wise. They have so many good young arms. Freed, Freed's one of my favorite pitchers in baseball. I watch, I will watch Max Freed several times this year. Like, thank goodness MLB extra innings. Like, I mean, uh, so, if I see he's starting, I'm going to watch him pitch. Keep, keep that name in mind for later in the show, because I will talk about him later uh, with my <laughs> awards. Okay. Uh, <laughs> offensively, it was a really good call to bring back Marcelo Zuna. Uh, he, that, that bat in the middle of the lineup protects Freddie Freeman, the reigning National League MVP. I think uh, Darno comes back to earth a little bit. I think he has to. He was uh, out of this world last year. Uh, Dansby Swanson is is great at shortstop. One of, maybe one of the more underrated shortstops in the game. Uh, they're listing Pache as the starting center fielder. Uh, yeah, so maybe I he think... and NCRT are going to kind of split time there. Yeah, and I mean, when you have a prospect of that nature, you know, like yep. goodness gracious, can you imagine? I mean, that outfield with him, Ozuna, and Acuna, goodness gracious. Yeah. Like, when, wow. If his offense – if when his offense catches up uh, with his defense, he's going to be a, a star in the league. He could, he could be another Acuna for that matter. Uh, maybe not quite that level, but certainly a better defender already. Uh, and yeah, moving Acuna to right field is great. He's got a great arm. Um, and that just makes the defense all that much better. And if you want to have postseason success, it's good to have the Panda on your team and the Panda is on the Braves. So like, I mean, that could be a sign right there. Just, you know, put Pablo Sandoval on your roster and watch out. <laughs> Absolutely. You got the rotation. You mentioned Freed is Morton, Ian Anderson, Drew Smiley. Uh, not quite as deep. Obviously, Soroka on his way back uh, from injury. Tuki Toussaint is there for depth. Bullpen, again, extremely solid. You add Nate Jones to the mix that already included Smith, you know, Will Smith, Chris Martin, A.J. Minter, and Tyler Matzek, who kind of you know, came, came out last year. Minter kind of bounced around, but Really showed his uh, 
showed pretty good form last year for the Braves. And then rounding out the pen, Jackson, Grant Dayton's a, a lefty. Sean Newcomb can give you some, some uh, innings there. And then Josh Tomlin just hanging around. There was some talk about uh, Hioskar Yanoa being in the rotation, but he's since out of it right now. But there's, there's plenty of guys in the, the minors right now or in, in camp there that can join the club, including Kyle Wright, who was on the cusp, I believe, of making that rotation. So plenty of pitching in Atlanta. And even though I root for all of their other teams, you know, in the city, um, given that's where I'm from, like you can never count out Washington simply for the fact that when your first three is Scherzer, Corbin, Strasburg, right? Like you can never count them out. Um, you know, and when you have Robles and, you know, if hopefully Robles can turn the corner too, you, you have a top of the order with Robles, Soto and Turner, like don't, don't, don't discredit that team either, obviously. So. Right. They're, and then, they're very reliant, though, on the guys like Brad Hand, you know, coming in yeah. and making an impact. That bullpen was was had some issues. So, I, I, although he's a, f- a fellow Minnesotan, I am not sold on Brad Hand. I think he's kind of on the way down. He, his velocity, I think, saw a bit of a drop last year, and uh, it's a you know it's tough to rely on a guy like that. Although that's not really going to be a be all end all there. It's going to be their offense and how it can keep up with the the likes of the Mets and the Braves. Cause I think the right. pitching is right there, obviously with their with or above those two, especially talking about those top three uh, Phillies. You got Nola and Wheeler and maybe half with the F line, but uh, <laughs> they're not quite as deep in the pitching department. They did beef up their bullpen, which was a must because yeah. that Phillies bullpen was absolutely atrocious last year. Uh, Still yeah, listing Hector Neris as the closer that could change. But Bradley and Alvarado the, are great yep, additions. Yeah. Absolutely. And Kinsler is a good secondary option there. Connor Brogdon, I, I kind of like him. Uh, he kind of blew up early on last year in his ERA and kind of suffered for it, but he throws very hard. Velasquez is a former uh, starter. Not quite as deep in the pen, but at least there's something there. Not like last year where they were blowing games left and right. And <laughs> offensively, uh, up there with the uh, you know the upper echelon of this division. That's why I think they have a chance. Uh, Real Muto's the best hitting catcher in baseball. Obviously Harper, Hoskins, Alec, Alec uh, Bohm had a really good year last year. Yeah, Bohm came up and did a real nice job. Short season there, and then you got Gregorius and uh, uh, Jean Segura up the middle. There's some veteran guys, but at least you know where you're going to get for them for the most part. Indeed. And um, no Scott Kingery. Um, you know, I think that it's unfortunate to see how that all transpired with Kingery, but um, I mean, you know, is what it is really at this point. And you kind of just got to put out there what you put out there. So, and uh, Matt Moore, you know, the former, you know, number one pick from Tampa back in the day. And I think he'd been in Japan, I think. And now he's mm-hmm. maybe, you know, going to be in the back end of that rotation. Uh, my team, if we had a podcast last year that I would have picked for my surprise team, and I guess no one's going to believe me, but you're gonna have to trust me on this was the Miami Marlins. (laughs) And, uh, they had a great year. I was so impressed with them. I even used, if anyone plays, uh, out of the park baseball, OOTP, I got them into the playoffs in 2019 (laughs) to the full season. Uh, so, uh, led by some guys that I think are going to be good this year in real life, but that's in the pitching staff. We'll get to the lineup real quickly. I love Corey Dickerson, uh, Marte, and Duvall. That's a solid outfield. Um, you know, from where they were two years ago, three years ago, head and shoulders above. Jesus Aguilar, always a big fan. Uh, I am of him, no matter where he's been. 
Anderson, Greg Glove at third, can also hit a bit. Jazz Chisholm won the second base job there. Uh, he's eventually going to play shortstop, I think, but they have Miguel Rojas for the yeah. time being. Uh, Jorge, Jorge Alfaro, also a solid backstop there. So up and down that lineup is pretty solid, Bill. What do you think of the Marlins? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a case where seemingly they got, I mean, you got Alfaro and Sixto Sanchez back in that real Muto trade. So, like, those are two pieces that are going to seemingly contribute. If I remember right, those. Did they demote Sanchez or did he get hurt? He didn't get hurt. They just decided he wasn't going to start him up this year, I guess, but, um, or at least start the team. And, but they also have one of the more fun utility guys, John Birdie from a fantasy perspective is always a fun guy to have because he's probably every position eligible. So, you know, in terms of fun bench guys, he's a guy to root for. Yeah. A bit of a shock on six though, but they do have uh, Alcantara who is, you know, he was rock solid last year. Oh, my. Uh, yeah. Lopez, Hernandez, and the guy I, who had such a great year for me in OOTP, uh, Bill, he was the best pitcher on my team uh, in that uh, simulation, was Trevor Rogers. Um, he got a little bit of a chance last year, but I think he breaks out this year. He's, he's a guy to really watch out for. He's a lefty, throws about 96, 97. First round uh, pick. Yep. 13th overall back in 2017. The bullpen uh, is kind of been pieced together, but has some, some some guys you might like. Anthony Bass is a former uh, Toronto Blue Jay. Uh, Yimmy Garcia gives up too many home runs, but he's a former Dodger. Could watch get some for, saves there. Watch for Dylan Floro. I think he could make an impact. Yeah, he was kind of lost in that Dodgers uh, Dodgers pen was, that was so deep. Yeah. Um, and then Richard Blyer, this is a former Baltimore Oriole for you on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Can't go wrong there. John Curtis. Adam Simbers, a side armor. Ross Detweiler, former starter and a lefty. I don't know who Zach Pop is. So but, that he, uh, he's the other name I'm going to give you, though. I think Zach Pop actually could. He's he's a Rule Five guy that has gone. And where did they get him from? You guessed it, Baltimore. Um, so he's got a what he's got a tremendous name, which that has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not he's a good baseball player, but it could. Um, it could. And but he has really good stuff, and he had a tremendous spring and. I know as Orioles fans, you know, we wanted to keep him. So I just have a sneaking suspicion he's going to probably turn into a pretty decent, valuable bullpen piece for them. Sidebar, uh, back to Detroit briefly. Uh, Akil Badu, <laughs> tremendous yes, spring yes. training. One of my favorite players. <laughs> he was a twin, yeah. taken in the 405 draft by Detroit. I, I'm hoping he has a great career. Uh, I'm sad to see him leave, but he wasn't doing a whole lot, I believe, in just high A for the Twins. Uh I'm still a little bit young for the for the level, but I love Akil Badu. I hope he gets a chance to play in Detroit, just not play well against Minnesota. All well, right, and that's the Side, perfect, sidebar yeah. almost over, except for Bill. Well, that's the perfect type of move for Detroit. Like, why the heck not give him a shot, let him play, and see what happens? Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the um, National League Central, Bill, who do you have winning the Central? Um, maybe, again, I'm against conventional wisdom, but – there's just too many pieces for Milwaukee that I like, and I'm picking Milwaukee to win the division. Um, there are, I, I am a diehard Curb Corbin Burns fan. Um, I absolutely love what that man does. I, if you can't tell that I'm a huge fan of big strikeout pitchers, I am. Um, Woodruff is an excellent top, you know, starter as well. He just really took off last year and, you know, I know there were all the rumors that they were maybe trading him in the offseason or not, but like that bullpen with Hayter and Devin Williams, who Devin Williams 
just emerged with that changeup and the fastball last year. Like he is insanely good. Brent Suter's good. I know that you need more than just that, but like <laughs> to me, that's like, oh my goodness, they're throwing some good arms out there. You know, Keston here, uh, uh, Yelich, you know, still kind of good at baseball, we think. Um, and I really thought that they're, the way that they waited with free agency, you know, they came in late and snagged Jackie Bradley Jr. They snagged Colton Wong. You know, I just think that all that work that they did in putting that team together, I think it's a really, really solid team. You got to watch out for the Cardinals, you know, too. But um, I, I just, I think it's Milwaukee's division. Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, my only concern with their pitching staff is if you lined up Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Adrian Hauser in a lineup, I don't think I could tell you which one was which. Um, I think they all look exactly the same. But <laughs> anyway, um, that's my only problem with it. Also, it seems like they kind of almost built a lineup because I don't know if Travis Shaw is the answer at third base. Now, they might play Urias over there and, uh, and uh, give... Arcia maybe another chance. Arcia another chance to play shortstop. Um, but, uh, you gotta like some of their outfield pieces too. I mean, they have four starting outfielders seemingly, Yeah. uh, with Kane, Yelich, uh, Bradley and, uh, Ab- Ab- Garcia. Garcia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also Billy McKinney. I don't know what, who built this uh, lineup <laughs> here. I, <laughs> we should move, move off them quickly before I say something dumb. Um, the team I picked to win the division bill is the Chicago Cubs. And I, I, hmm. I think the Cardinals might be the favorites, uh, at least what they're saying, the folks who bet on sports are saying that. But uh, I'm sticking with Chicago. They're kind of the, the tired pick, I guess, some would say. I mean, the fact that Rizzo and Javi Baez had kind of down years. Uh, I still like Contreras. I think Ian Happ's one of the best power leadoff Ian Happ hitters. is man. Yes, love it. One of the best power leadoff hitters in baseball. They brought in Jock Peterson. I think they're going to give him a chance to play every day. Yeah. Uh, if they don't, it's Jake Marisnik uh, in there for him. Uh, Jason Hayward still a great hitter. I mean, that against right-handed pitching, this lineup is going to be very dangerous. Yeah, uh, four, four first-round picks in there. Right. Uh, Pitching-wise, none of them throw over 90 miles an hour, but it doesn't seem to matter uh, with Hendricks, Arrieta, Davies, uh, and Trevor Williams. Albert just... Allen's uh, Alzale is a, a young kid who's never quite put it together, but he's still 26 and has a chance to be a solid number five and maybe even more for them. That's just what scares me. Like, I just, I'm not real impressed by their pitching. No. You know, I, and their bullpen, I really don't think is very good either. Like, I mean, I, mean, I, I just, I, I know, I am not saying it is, you know, for all I know, they'll all come out gangbusters, but like, you just compare them to some of the other teams in the division. And it just, I, I just, I really worry about what the Cubs are going to do pitching it this year. I think their lineup has the fewest question marks in the division lineup. That's, yes. But pitching. Yeah. 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 There, there are some questions. I like Winkler and Tapera and uh, brothers and Adams. Uh, you're right. At the back end, there's question marks. Uh, Brandon Workman, if he returns to, was formed from a couple of years ago. He's going to be great. Craig Kimbrell can't be any worse than he was last year. Yeah. That's what he has going for him. I guess that's not a great thing. Uh, uh, but uh, let's get to the Cardinals quickly. The rest of the division is in a rebuilding uh, phase. Very much so. Part, outside of, uh, yeah, I mean, Cincinnati seems like they were on close to being good and then decided that they didn't want to be. Uh, but they still have some interesting pieces. But anyway, St. Louis has one of my favorite players in all of baseball on it leading off. 
Uh, they gave him the second base job this yes. year, Tommy Edmond. Uh, and then with the trade they made, it goes Goldschmidt, Arenado, DeYoung. <laughs> that is very scary. Yeah. Uh, the timeless Yadier Molina. And then the outfield, a lot of, you know, questions here outside of Dylan Carlson, who I'll tell you right now, he's my pick for rookie yes. of the year in the National nice. League. Okay. Uh, Tyler O'Neill in left currently with Justin Williams has kind of been bounced around. Uh, they got him from Tampa Bay, but he's been just about everywhere. Uh, yeah, but you know, you know that Matt Carpenter is going to end up in that lineup five times a week. Like they just kind of feel like they're never going to let him go. You know, they have a bunch of you know quadruple A outfielders. That's kind of the biggest question mark for St. Louis. Now, if, if Tyler O'Neill puts it together, he could be a real good player for them. Yeah, uh, kind of a power speed type of guy. Uh, but he doesn't make enough contact as of right now. One of my favorite uh, starters in baseball, though, too, with leading that rotation. Flaherty's awesome. Yep, Flaherty. And then a number of guys that are, you know, I think they have three or four, like maybe th- they're all like three, three or four third slash four starters. They don't really have a number two. Wainwright is giving them all he can, and he's almost 40 years old. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Martinez's velocity is way down now. Uh, he may become a reliever again. Uh, Ponce de Leon has some real good uh, spin rate numbers. I saw uh, he has some, his breaking ball is tough to hit, but again, can, can these guys, can John Gant stretch it out and be yeah, a Gant flirted pitcher? with excellence and he just has never totally figured it out. Yeah. I mean, right. for, for Martinez, it's all come downhill since the whole uh, porn favorites on Twitter. Like once people figured that out, like it's kind of all gone downhill for the man after that. Yeah. It's tough to come back from that. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't, bullpen, don't, the, don't favorite porn. That's a, I think if anything you learn, that's one thing you should learn from this podcast too. If you learn yeah. anything, not just baseball stuff, but real life, real life <laughs> lessons, uh, the bullpen bill, they throw really hard. Yeah, uh, they do. Uh, you got Hicks who throws the ball as hard as just about anyone, if not harder <laughs> than anyone, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be great. Uh, Reyes. Uh, Gallegos is listed as the closer. He's been the closer for the last few years. They're going committee, if I remember right, though, too. They are. They are. Andrew Miller, another veteran lefty, not quite the flamethrower. Helsley, Tyler Webb, Genesis Cabrera. People love him from the left side. Um, uh, That's the Cardinals. And then you have, of course, Cincinnati, who I mentioned. They got some stars, but it's really a stars and scrubs type situation here. Although I do like the fact that they have Jonathan India up. (laughs) on the open yeah, roster cool that he made the team yeah uh Votto's nearing the end of his career he could have one last hurrah here Suarez they're gonna play him at shortstop which is hilarious uh <laughs> but with the amount of shifting that gets done in baseball it doesn't seem to be a problem yeah Moustakis um, playing third or second always funny as well Jesse um, Winker's another one of my man Winker left, yep corner, he's he's corner, your lefty power strikeout power guy yeah the man yep uh pitching who knows what they're trying to do after Castillo and Molly. It's a lot of bad things. We're not going to touch it. All right. Pittsburgh. We have to touch on that. I like the, I'm a Pirates fan ish. It's weird, but I I just like to see them be good. Uh, They're not going to be good. I would too. They're just going to be very terrible. They're terrible. I mean, up and down the lineup and rotation. There's not much to be excited about other than Cabrian Hayes. Correct. Yeah. That's about, I, I can't name another guy. I like, well, to... if you're a Pirates fan, you want Moran to do well so that you can trade him by the deadline. Yeah, you want, yeah, him or Polanco or one of these guys. Yeah, you'd yeah. like them to be useful. I just don't see it happening. Let's move on to the National League West, our last division, Bill. Uh, I, I mean, 
maybe the most exciting from a fan standpoint, certainly with all that transpired in the off season. Well, who did you pick? That, that we got that we got to get that out of the way early. You can't pick against the World Series champions. You cannot already did, pick. So. You, well, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I know, but but I, I, the Dodgers are too good. I know the Padres they are, are really good. I know they're really they good. Um, and I know that the Giants are going to somehow be in the playoff picture until like the last two weeks of the season because that's what the Giants seemingly always do. Um, but I just I don't think. I mean, you talked about the Mets being a fantasy team earlier. Like the Dodgers are a fantasy team, except really, really good. <laughs> like, right, and they can I play mean, defense. That's the difference, yeah, right? Correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you're throwing. I'm a pitching fan. I'm. I'm. To me, it always comes back to pitching. They don't even have Tony Gonsolin in their starting rotation right now. It's that good. Like yeah. that is a ridiculous set of starting pitchers. Like with it's Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller, Urias, May. And you you have David Price hanging out there. Yeah, just, David Price like, just said like, he didn't like, want to start because his other guys are good. That's kind of what happened, I think. Yeah, and you have he said like, you go ahead. And in terms of like guys that used to be insanely good back in the day who are still in a bullpen, guys to go behind Kenley Jansen, Trinan, Trinan is there, Kniebel is there, Victor Gonzalez is going to be really good. Like, I mean, that there's there's not a bad pitcher. And Jimmy Nelson, I think, is there, right? From former, you know, Brewer from back in the day. Right. Like, I mean, there's just not a bad pitcher on that team. And and when you have that in concert with, you know, the Bellingers and the Corey Seegers and the Mookie Betts of the world, like, I just, you know – yeah. I will watch probably all 19 of the times that they play the Padres this year, but like, yeah, that's gonna be a, that's I just, gonna be I can't watch. pick against that team yet. I just can't. I mean, their injured list is probably the best bullpen on. Oh my goodness. League. Yeah. Like greater is not even playing yet either. Greater all Canely, Joe Kelly, Caleb Ferguson. That's, that's the best bullpen on a number of teams. <laughs> yeah. They're not even, they're just not even on a, there's not even playing because it hurt. My goodness, uh, I know. The, yeah. the lineup's spectacular. Obviously, bets they brought over last year. Uh, Seager was unconscious in the World Series. Turner's just, you know, a ho-hum 300 hitter every year in a three-hole. <laughs> Cody Bellinger was actually pretty bad last year for his standards. I see him bouncing back. Will Smith was one of the – was and is one of the best hitting catchers in baseball now. Muncie, uh, Max Muncie, again, had a down year last year. But it doesn't matter because – they can afford to have half their lineup have quote unquote down years and still be solid. I mean, Gavin Lux, if they're giving him a chance to play second base out of the nine hole. Uh, I mean, wow. Well, like, and, uh, the, and their bench is so versatile. It's not that it's a great bench, right. but like when Austin Barnes can be plugged in, you know, to various yep. places and these other guys, like they just, they do a good job. And Roberts, I think does such a good job of putting people in against the right opponent to succeed. Like he's got a good grasp on that team. Right. Uh, the Padres, uh, I'm not sure how long Tatis is going to be out. It looks like, I mean, I think he's in for opening day. Am I wrong? Wait, I didn't know he got hurt. He had a shoulder twinge. Uh, he's not hurt, wow, I guess. Okay. That happened in the last week of spring training. Okay. Uh, I, I thought he might miss opening day, which would have been a tough call for a guy who just signed a monster contract like he did. <laughs> uh, but that lineup, too, which I actually love. Oh, a so lot good. it's just so, so fun good. it's almost as much fun as their brown and, and gold uh, uniforms yes also uh, fun uh but i mean cronenworth you have to like a guy he was a pitcher at michigan uh a two-way player 
they're not pitching him in, in the majors here, but he had a really good year last year. Uh, Manny Machado um, obviously came over as a free agent. Um, but he's but, doing uh, everything you could ask of that contract and that, right. you know, that value. Hosmer, Fam, when he's when he's healthy, is is solid in left field. Our our boy Will Myers broke out finally again last year for them. Like he's <laughs> we, we love that guy. I think we both do. You yeah. know, I love just, Will Myers. Yeah, and he just man, I hope he can no keep batting it up gloves, like he did just, last year. Yeah, just, just swinging that, just swinging the single stick. digit that. number on the jersey. Yeah. Now some the Padres pulled off. You know, I I don't know how they do this, but they managed to make blockbuster type deals. Uh, without giving up any of their top prospects, it's, it's insane. It's, a, it's baffling it's to me. Yes. You go get you get Darvish, you get Snell, uh, you bring in uh, Mus, even Joe, Joe Musgrove, Musgrove is so in good. a trade. Yeah, uh, it makes Chris Paddock, who was one of their maybe their ace last year. I mean, not by play, but by you know on paper going into the year, uh, is now their fourth starter. Uh, Adrian Morejon uh, was kind of a, a stretch guy last year. He's listed as their fifth starter now. The bullpen is great. I mean, not a great person, Keona Kella, but he's a great pitcher uh, when he's healthy. Just imagine if Denilson Lamet like is able yeah, to fig- right? get healthy. Like, oh my goodness gracious! I mean, you can't. I can't even imagine a, a rotation where Chris Paddock gets pushed out of it. But that's like almost where they're at right now. If if Lamet is it. Is able to come back. I mean, they got at, that bullpen. Yep. At least they lost Patino. Like they did give something up, you know. Right, like Patino, I mean, they did right. lose something, but like he went to Tampa. Yikes. Yeah, in the Snell yeah. trade, but yeah. I mean, give up something, right? Come on. Well, yeah, right, right. Campisano's still there. He's one of the best hitting catching prospects in baseball. Anyway, we could talk about San Diego forever. Yeah. Uh, anyone else in the uh, West that we like, Bill? I mean, there's some other teams that are. Uh, you mentioned the Giants. I think the uh, Rockies, unfortunately, are going to be pretty doggone bad. Um, same with Arizona. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some guys on each team you want to root for. Um, right. My my favorite player in baseball, who I will give status reports on him every night we do this, is Brandon Belt. Um, you know, he's just my guy. You know, he is the epitome of the left-handed hitting guy. No batting gloves. He just goes out and does his thing. Yep. Um, uh, so I will root for him. Um, I uh you know another former Oriole that has obviously gone to another team and done extremely well Kevin Gossman's leading their rotation um I don't you know you look at them and you don't really they don't necessarily have any business being that good um but you just kind of have a feeling that they're gonna you know somehow be in the mix by the time it's all said and done there were two games under 500 last year the Giants uh which was good for 14 games out of first place because of the aforementioned Dodgers. Uh, it's going to be Dodgers. It's going to be Dodgers and Padres, obviously. Yep. Uh, the Rockies are a, a train wreck organization, um, and that trade they made does not help the cause. Yeah, no, I mean you bring in Austin Gomer, Gomber, who I Gomber, who I, I had vaguely heard of for one of the premier third basemen in all of baseball. <laughs> uh, so there you go, Charlie Blackman. I feel bad for Trevor Story who there's no way he's resigning there. Yeah, I'm uh, going to root for Ryan McMahon. He's a fun player. but I'm going to root for Elias Diaz, who finally gets a chance to start and maybe hit some bombs in Coors Field. That's basically all we're doing in, in, in Colorado, I think. Well, And, and uh, another year to root for the cool reclamation project to Dan Bard. Right, Daniel Bard, closer uh, for the Rockies. Uh, Arizona, I'll give you my favorite player, to root for when he's going to be actually in the majors. And that would be Dalton Varsho. Yeah. Uh, he's named 
Um, Gary Varsho. Yeah, son of Gary Varsho, right? Named after Darren Dalton. Dar- named after Darren Dalton, which is a cool story. Uh, he's out of uh, Wisconsin. Went to went to college at Wisconsin Milwaukee, <laughs> and uh, you know he was a catching prospect. They're gonna they actually play center field also, left field, right field. <laughs> uh, one of the more athletic catchers you're gonna find. That kind of player interests me greatly. Uh, he's a little, you know. Uh, fire hydrant of a ball player but just kind of a throwback type of player i hope he gets a chance he needs to hit a little better if he wants to play in the majors but but a fun player nonetheless so i'll give you dalton varsho updates uh as as we go along as well yeah uh, their, Bill, fir- let- their, fir- their first round pick pavin smith made the team too so good another good, guy to watch good news there he's yeah he was one of those guys uh smith that you know you, you kind of forget about when you, you when the guys don't break out right away right these prospects who are highly touted and they maybe struggle a little bit early on those are the kind of guys I like to root for because you know that it's it's a tough tougher for some guys to break into the majors as it, as it is uh, for others. So uh, right. you root for guys like that, even even the ones that were high draft picks. Because let's face it, we're all people, right? And and you can say, oh, this guy's a bust, that guy's a bust. No one who's no one's rooting for busts, right? Like we're all rooting for guys to be a little bit successful at the very least. Correct. Let's get to our awards, Bill. You might not have done this beforehand, but I wrote all mine down. Uh, I just did MVP, Cy Young, and Rookie of the Year. Uh, if you want to come up with yours on the fly, I'll just give you mine, and then we'll go reverse order this time. That, that's fine, because uh, I do not write things down. All right, Bill's not writing things down, at least for now. <laughs> uh, my American League MVP is a little bit of a broken record, but I have picked Mike Trout to win MVP in the American League, because <laughs> I think he long- deserves it most years. He's a career 1,000 uh, OPS, <laughs> and I think he'll deserve it again. Yeah, no I'm where in, the angels finish. <laughs> I'm in that camp. I and and I'm with you 100%. Yeah, I love Trout. He's my favorite player. I will I will stand by him until the cows come home. That's the second time this podcast has said cows come home. All right, so uh, that's fine. People will forget this is this is our longest one, and it will be our longest one just yeah. because of the fact we're doing a rundown here. Most nights or mornings, whenever we're you not listen, it'll, this long. Yeah, it'll be a half hour because that's what people want. I, I think yeah. from a from a daily baseball podcast. Anyway. Uh, my American League Cy Young, I have picked Kenta Maeda. Uh, a little bit of bias there, but I think nice. he had a great year last year. I think he can extend that this year, and that's why I picked Kenta. Uh, Bill, do you have an American League Cy Young? Um, Off the top of your head? <laughs> well, no. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, you don't gosh. have to pick one. You can just comment on mine. I, I will. I will. I, I cannot fault you at all for picking Maeda. I think that's a very Garrett solid Cole's, and reasonable. Garrett Cole, pick. I believe, is the outright favorite. Yeah, I'd. I'd rather pick Maeda, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, all right. I think that's a good pick. American League Rookie of the Year, and I think because of uh, chances to play and situation to be in, I have chosen Andrew Vaughn as my American League Rookie of the Year. The fact that he's making uh, the White Sox, I think that that really, you know, factors in. And I'm also very bad on, um, uh, like, you know, how much did they play enough in the year before the guys that have already debuted, but, you know, haven't yet. So I can't, you know, I'm not, I'm bad with rookies as a result. I'm going to go with him. Although I do think the other name you mentioned earlier, um, if Luzardo is rookie eligible, I think you really got to watch out for Luzardo, the pitcher for Oakland. Other options there. I mean, Kirilov depends on how much he gets a chance to play. Uh, Jared Kalenic from Seattle. Uh, Other guys you can think about there, including, I believe, Madrigal as well, also on the White Sox. But 
Uh, I think if you compare Vaughn and Madrigal, the, the, the power I think is going to make a difference if they have similar career seasons. Yeah, and and going back to the Cy Young real quick, like yeah. I know a Bieber won it if I remember right last year. Yes, he did last um, year, right? And I love Bieber, but like I just I know I, I have a sneaking suspicion he's not going to be as uh, superhuman as he was last year. That's a good suspicion. I agree with you there. Uh, National League awards. My National League MVP. Two of these are on the same team, so. Uh, but they're also for my AL East pick. So it kind of makes sense. I have Ronald Acuna Jr. being my National League MVP. There's actually a lot of guys you could pick from here, uh, but I went with Acuna. I'm going to go Soto. I just think he's so good. I, yeah. I, I'm In the go same Soto. sense that Trout's so good, right? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I, and, you know, you certainly can't go wrong with Acuna. And I think that maybe you have to factor into that the Braves probably win the, I mean, I know you picked them to win the division. So, um, yep. That always seemingly is a factor with people too, because that's why Trout hasn't won as many MVPs as he has. Um, but I'm going to go Soto. And my National League Cy Young pick is Max Freed from nice. the Braves yes. as well. Yes. <laughs> Bill's excited. Okay, good. I, I love Max Freed. I can't pick him to win it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, no, oh, no, I just, <laughs> I, I don't know. No, I can't. Go ahead. I, pick somebody. There's, here, Bill, this is, this, is my, this is my analysis of the Cy Young this year on both sides. Uh, I think there's maybe, and I'm, I'm going to be terribly wrong, obviously, but I think there's only a handful of guys in the American League side that can win it, but I think there's maybe a dozen National League pitchers that could be Cy Young. I agree, and and I'm going to go, I just, maybe Bauer could win it. I just don't like Trevor Bauer enough, I don't think, to like actually pick him to win an award. I'm going to go, I'm going to give you my firm actual picks, and this is more, I think, just in terms of like, I'm a fan of these guys more than anything else. Uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Tyler Glass now for the American League. Okay. And I'm gonna go. Gosh. Uh, I mean, I feel like he's not even the best necessarily in their own rotate. Well, no, you know, I'm gonna go. Screw it. I'm going Darvish. I think Darvish wins it. Good choice. I was contemplating him as well. Love that pick, Bill. And my, finally, my National League Rookie of the Year, I probably hinted at it, but it is Dylan Carlson. Not even hinted. I told you it was Dylan Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan Carlson is my pick for National League Rookie of the Year. I think he's got that power-speed combination that uh, he also hit for a decent average, so he's my pick for National League Rookie of the Year. And they've given um, him the center field job. Yeah, I, uh, I briefly, uh, in an attempt to try to be more well-versed, um, opened up fan tracks and sorted by age, and that was just a bad idea because I forgot that they have every player in the known universe on there. Oh, um, yeah. I will say that they have incorrectly coded someone named Ronnie Rinconis for the Mets, who is listed <laughs> with the age of one. He is listed Boy. as a one-year-old in the system, so that's probably hey. wrong. Are we um, sure he's not just a one-year-old being drafted? It could. I mean, that could be a thing. So, you know, but... Um, uh gosh you know i if i would have prepared a little bit better um i don't think i don't think that hasan kim uh is gonna win it for the padres um okay in terms of the you know guy that's too old to be a rookie but still counts as a rookie type situation um gosh i don't know let's i'm with you for now i'll go carlson if i have to amend it in the next episode i'll amend it in the next episode that's perfectly fine We'll, we'll we'll still accept uh, your picks in the next episode all right bill before we go uh let's take a, a quick look at the matchups for tomorrow uh because we have baseball tomorrow bill we have some one o'clock games some two Damn o'clock right games some four o'clock games and ten o'clock games baby and we do have the late games exactly uh 
anything stand out to you as far as pitching matchups? I know it's early for this, but let's let's just have some fun. Obviously, well, I, everyone's throwing I, their aces out there. Well, I know you say that you couldn't pick um, Brandon Woodruff out of a lineup. I believe is one of your comments. Um, yes. But, but he is going against Kenta Maeda tomorrow, and I think that that could be a really, really good matchup of two really good starters in Maeda and Woodruff in the interleague to start the season matchup there. All right, well, so Bill took my pick for matchup of the week, but that's fine. Okay. Uh, but but in the, even in the, well, I was going to say, even in the division two, you have R- Ryu and Cole, you know, going at one o'clock, and that could be, I think, a pretty good one too. For sure. Freed versus Nola in the Braves-Phillies matchup. Uh, you have Flaherty versus Castillo, uh, the, eight, the Reds' best pitcher. The Kyle um, Gibson-Brad Keller matchup, not quite the same luster. Yeah, that's probably – the game I won't watch much of except <laughs> <laughs> except for the fact that my guy Michael A. Taylor is the starting center fielder for the Royals that's all I'll be caring about there nice. and then you have DeGrom versus Scherzer to close things out uh, before the, the real late games that's Mets yeah, Nationals ESPN did a pretty good job there yeah they did uh, lucked out a bit there those are my top pitching matchups obviously we're going to be paying attention to every game and bringing you a fresh podcast uh, tomorrow night depending on how late you're up or on Friday morning, Friday morning. So that'll do it for our first uh, ever episode. It is certainly the longest and it'll probably be the longest episode uh, we we have, right. Except for when we do this again uh, the following year. But anyway, uh, for Bill, I'm Perry. I want to thank you again. Uh, This is baseball for you coming to you every day throughout the major league season. Uh, Bill, before we go, any final thoughts here? Just excited. Really, really excited. And God bless it. I hope there's no rain tomorrow. No rain outs. Can't have rain outs. No rain. That's a that's a blind Wait melon for- song, I think. Y- yes, you're right. All that I can say is that my life is very plain. <laughs>